Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to today's podcast. It's the first time we don't have our special host who's been part of everything this podcast has ever been till now. There's nothing happened to him or anything. He's just missing today because he probably didn't want to watch Eternals. I think that's the only excuse the dude has. Uh, we'll, we'll get to him somehow uh, after the episode. Anyways, today uh, we I will try to fill the void. Of course, not alone. Uh, I have our regular collaborator, Aryan Vyas, with me to discuss one of the most long films I have seen uh, in recent memory. This is Marvel's slash Chloe Zhao's or Zhao's uh, Eternals. The newest big Marvel movie. I don't know how to put it anymore. Like what is not a big Marvel movie or whatever. So kind of like that. So like the brief sort of plot, if one can surmise about this film for whoever doesn't know about it, is basically that there are like these ancient group or race of immortal people called the Eternals who've been responsible to shape like civilizations for histories and histories and everything. And now they have to fight the deviants. That's about it. I don't think I want to go like into specifics of plot details before we dive into the actual review of the film so i first want to actually ask aryan not what he thought of the film but what is his general opinion on marvel and what it has it has become or what it or has his opinion changed like throughout the course of marvel series and however it's gone go ahead aryan so yeah i've been a a fair enough fan of Marvel and I especially love the way they set up their entire uh, phase one and phase two and are there films that just feel like fillers of course yes because at this point it's become like a gigantic tv series right it is episodic Mm -hmm. in nature at this point and of course there's going to be places that the studio goes where their films start feeling like you know they they start feeling repetitive and they yep. start feeling like they're just doing it for the sake of it for filling the timeline for the money so, yeah yeah exactly yeah, to, <laughs> yeah i was trying to be a bit subtle but okay <laughs> it's fine <laughs> the movie we are talking about isn't subtle about anything so we are allowed to oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. starting off right back yeah. So yeah, if we talk about this phase post end game era, I don't want to get into that phase wala shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, post end game, the only Marvel MCU property that I've thoroughly enjoyed both on a cerebral and a entertainment level is uh the Loki show, which was on okay. Disney Plus. Yeah. So that was so you you you've been following the tv shows uh, de- uh, like deviation that marvel has also taken so what what can you just fill me in on what all was there as for like the tv shows cuz i've basically disconnected post end game because that film kind of from its title suggests something that should end but it hasn't so anyways just tell me like where where are we a little bit uh, with the tv shows okay so with the TV shows, they set up, uh, so Disney, they launched Disney Plus and the first, obviously the first huge show that had, it was The Mandalorian, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first official MCU show that aired on Disney Plus was WandaVision, which started off promising, you know, it started off paying homage to a lot of those uh, early 60s, 70s, 80s sitcoms and all. It has a ton of Easter eggs, but that's 
one thing that marvel has been consistent at uh, showing in the easter eggs in easter eggs in each frame you know so that fans are busy enough and distracted enough to talk about them and create buzz on the internet and all so yeah but i didn't to be very honest i did not have a problem with that but mm-hmm. as the show went on it kept promising and it kept building on these huge interesting ideas about uh, some great metaphysical ideas that i personally personally been always you know intrigued by yep. so i was i was glad that the show that the mcu is going it, it's taking itself to these unexplored places but then mm-hmm. the last episode happened and i was like okay it's i that, that's what i've heard like and that's with another one of their shows where i've heard the last episode completely like chucks it into like uh, the dustbin or something uh so, okay yeah okay i, I got I, it yeah and then the next show is what the winter soldier okay. and the falcon yeah, yeah. something yeah, like that falcon and the winter soldier yes that that's what it's called but what's that like it's the standard marvel sort of yeah, yeah. okay but, is that the filler tv show or is that no, the it, 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 it definitely okay. is but the thing is i i kind of enjoyed the first half of it a lot mm. because the action sequences did seem promising you know there's not a lot okay. of shaky and all and mm-hmm. uh, yeah it it was it looked great so, okay. yeah but obviously by the end it fumbled and but then there was loki which i fucking loved because mm. it actually promised and almost delivered upon everything that it went for you know i mean okay. obviously setting up and build opening doors for the future Next. of the mcu thing mm-hmm. all absurd crazy big ideas but are yeah. these absurd crazy ideas interesting and fun are they intriguing of course yes right mm. so loki did everything i expect mcu and such franchises like star wars and all it did exactly what i would expect them to do mm-hmm. that is it started a debate you know online mm-hmm. it made fans it it actually created this entire aura online and it created these crazy absurd theories about the future of the MCU and all and it mm. genuinely felt you know i genuinely felt for that show and especially mm. i'm so glad that unlike netflix and all these other platforms disney plus they are actually making sure that they release their episodes the mcu releases puts out their episode every week so they mm. have that buzz going on around right So, so the anticipation is there, like of, yeah, of what is going to come. Doesn't wear down, right? So mm-hmm. that is good, and that actually complemented. It actually worked really well for Loki. So okay. yeah, after Loki, there was Black Widow, a movie. How was that? that? I, I did not even enjoy watching that film. Hmm. I have yet so to watch it. I've, I've, I mean, I've, is is it <laughs> necessary to watch it? No, no, no. That is that was I was that's what I was getting to. That even the average marvel films you know out of mm-hmm. these 27 how many have we had now something like that yeah it's like 27 28 counting yeah. so out of all these 27 28 films black widow is the only one which is totally you know disposable like i don't okay. mean that in, in that rude way but it's mm-hmm. just not necessary you know if you, you can skip over it you can have popcorn no i had heard it was like a I mean, it was anyways too late, right? Because it yeah. came after one of the main characters passed away in one of the films. So, like, it's it's like uh, I had heard that it was more like her passing the mantle on to like a new Black Widow, which is like Florence Pugh's character, and she's always like great. I think even in like she films, was, she was the best part of the movie. Easily. Okay, okay, easily. But that is also like that works against the movie's entire 
aim right because it mm. should have been a black widow black widow film scarlet johansson film yeah yeah i i know that everyone's been saying this since it came out but i will say this again ki mm. captain captain america the winter soldier was a better black widow movie than the actual yep. black <laughs> yeah yeah that movie yeah. had everything right that movie had everything that worked in favor of this amazing character that we all come to love right yep. but this is just like it's just a filler Totally बट See the thing is that if if you look at every mainstream film in that way, every genre mainstream film, every film is a is a generic of course ripoff of the last one, right? Yeah. So I don't have a problem with Marvel having this generic formula as yeah. long as they are trying to push the boundaries by mm. adding in and bringing in interesting ideas, interesting yeah. directors with their own visions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So no, no, I'm. I, com- Yeah, yeah, I'm completely with you in that. Like, just uh, I mean, I've I've said it before also. Like, the stories are like, if, like there's very few stories. It's just the way you kind of tell them, and it's it's like Raj Kumar Hirani has a template of storytelling. Yeah, but he he works in that Pixar has a uh, template of storytelling. They work within that kind of like that, right? So it's a Marvel has a style which is I mean. like it or not it is very popular like it's not easy to create something that appeals so much to like everyone i think i think as cinephiles sometimes we lose track of that like i think we become so obsessed with this filmmaker thing right where vision of the filmmaker is so important sometimes you i think we have to look back and also appreciate uh what they have done throughout you i mean appreciate now see the i don't think people do appreciate just because because it's easier now to pinpoint them as like the main faulty yeah, people yeah. who who've been who've been who've created the strength right but but i would think that i've always enjoyed their films before so phase 4 is where i've disconnected but before that disconnected just because uh, honestly end game was like a full stop like it was for me like done like i don't want more i've been with the franchise for so long and i'm like it's a very i've always enjoyed end game so so to me it was like okay satisfying end i i really and then i watched far from home and i was like yeah it's good but like what is like why do we need another film kind of like that but but whatever like my the the bigger point is basically that that i like you i don't have any problem with the the formula nature or like template of it as long as they are adding slash whatever reinventing it in in different ways but see at the same time i understand what pressure those guys must be in right because they realize this fact that post mm-hmm. end game a lot of people are going to tune out of the mcu right out of their films and all so yep. now at the same time they also realize that a lot of people are also simultaneously getting a marvel fatigue right they mm. are getting tired of the same formula yep. in seeing those same films again and again with repetitive jokes and all so yep. they have this job of 
properly amalgamating both those lines while also playing safe while adhering to the same formula because yeah, now yeah. they know now if they deviate too much from the formula it's going mm. to fuck them up in the future because yeah, no yeah. one's going to even going to like what's the one thing in these newer in this newer films that's bringing in the audience it's the light hearted mood of it all right yep. it's those jokes it's those uh banter stuff right yeah, whatever like, between the characters exactly. and like everything yeah, yeah, and like it's exactly. so to be honest like i i've reached maybe a tipping point with that banter not because the banter is a problem but like it's just it's like yeah i get the banter it's just what is is there a way to like subvert that banter like to to like change i mean i i think in that sense actually antman has a very distinctive sense of humor or like yeah. thor ragnarok had that oh, because it had like because that's one of the memorable movies of marvel for me uh, i mean i've hated on taika waititi a lot this year because of free guy but apart from that like i do really love the guy so like he made uh, Ra- ragnarok which had like a really different sense of humor james gunn with guardians of the galaxy so again it's the fact that you can change the humor you can uh, you just don't have to self awareness and emotions you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and i think that's uh, but uh, we'll get to this later but i i i went went for eternals with a couple of people who had some thoughts about why why they enjoyed Uh, Eternals and Surya Vanshi, which both of us haven't seen, I think. Well, we'll get to it. But so yes, yeah, so the the whole thing about the MCU is there. So of course that's there. The other angle I wanted to ask you about is Chloe Zhao as a director because this has been marketed as much as a Marvel film as a Chloe Zhao film, and of course they would market it as that because she's a recent, the most recent Academy uh, Academy Award winner. She also, and I'm saying this cynically because. there is one part of my brain which is very cynical about all this stuff she ticks a lot of diversity boxes for marvel mm-hmm. in terms of ethnicity and like gender and everything like in that sense she is generally her films recently have focused on people in marginalized marginalized communities there's a lot of boxes being ticked here ticked here just in appointing her as director mm-hmm. i just want so i want to just put that forward it's not it's my point of view just saying that it it seems it can be seen as a very cynical move also though i think it's not that much anyways my point my question was more more or less that what do you think of jao in general like before her eternals sort of stint so nomad land was the first film that i watched from yeah. jao and then i watched the rider which came hmm. out in 2017 or 18 2017 yeah Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Nomad Land, I watched it twice. Once, uh, back in November of that mm-hmm. year, twenty twenty. And the second time I watched it was before you know making coming up with my best of the year list and yep. before writing an article on it. Which yeah. So Nomad Land is the type of film that I like. Like mm-hmm. it's the type of film that I like more than I love. You know. Mm-hmm. It's admire it more than admire it yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. So I admire the filmmaking on display, and mm. I understand the tone poem. <laughs> Terence Malick's tone yeah, tone yeah. poem. Yeah. 
<laughs> did not want to go there but it's okay. fine i mean to this this we can very easily reference because chloe jao herself references so i won't be accused of any other thing uh but but what did you think of the rider then did you like that more or the rider i think that i like it a bit more than nomadland yep. because yep. nomadland drags a lot mm-hmm. a lot yep. and you know i understand what the uh what the intention of that movie was you know it was supposed to feel monotonous and we hmm. i'm telling you it, it had great cinematography right and i yep. if you look at behind the scenes it's incredible how they achieved it because it was like a crew of what seven eight people right hmm. and they yep. all shot it and it was amazing it looks amazing and you have to watch it anyone i urge you all whoever is listening to this who haven't hasn't watched nomadland like i still recommend you to watch that film on the biggest screen you can right it's yeah like, it was released in imax also i think yeah, uh, yeah yeah got a lot of traction after its win right after the there was a lot of controversy about a lot of things right i've amazon. never what was the amazon controversy i never like clocked into it particularly but like uh, there was like a major thing i think it was streaming on amazon but it also critiqued oh, no. amazon something that, i mean that also, but the thing is Uh, it showed apparently some people were mad about how uh, she was like shown as a amazon worker right at an amazon yeah yeah work some yeah uh, factory outlet or something like that yeah so in that uh, they show it very they show that the conditions are very you know, nice and uh, so they wanted for wanted uh, like yeah. a proper critique so they are like, like if you yeah so if they are like if you are going this actually i wrote about this a bit in mm-hmm. my article on, film companion yep. about no and that a lot of people seem to get it wrong because a lot of mm-hmm. people on the surface they think that nomadland is an anti-capitalistic movie right it is a, it is making a statement on yep. against capitalism but if you look at it it's just it's not bashing cap- capitalism it accepts it as a necessary evil right yeah so yep. you can't just bring in your own ideology and politics into it and then bash it so yeah it's I don't give a lot of attention to. <laughs> I mean, no, uh, I don't think people has no answers that, but uh, of like not bringing own. I mean, fine, you can bring your own political ideologies, but then I think it's important to look at the film for what it stands yeah. for. Also, uh, I mean, I agree with you. I I've uh, I like the rider. I saw. So I've never rewatched it. I watched it uh, in twenty seventeen itself when it got like. absolutely incredible reviews i remember cuz I, i watched it i was like yeah it's good like it's good in the sense that it's an observational drama about a person's life and chloe jao is like a very uh, humanist filmmaker like i i thought it was good it was nothing out of the uh, like extraordinary or anything i probably need to revisit it to see if there are like nuances or anything and if if some of the things which she did in that flow over into eternals also right in in that sense nomadland i watched twice so i watched it once when when of course the whole oscar thing was going on and i just watched it recently actually one week or one and a half week back and i have a different problem with it but i but but the thing i think that's most relevant to something like uh, eternals and why i was like genuinely surprised why marvel approached chloe jao for a project like this is I don't think Zhao is nearly as good a dramatist as she is an observer of things. Like the best portions of Nomadland for me are the ones where you're listening to other people talk, and it's not like bound by this narrative of fun story, 
and like i love frances mcdormand as much as anyone right i i think she is phenomenal in everything i've seen her in almost so it's not a dig at her performance but more so that i think jao it's very unconvincing to me how she moves like dramatically in the scene itself i think it's just set up too quickly it finishes too quickly there's very little of that in between period where like you know you have time to uh think about stuff and all that i mean she cuts fairly quickly actually in nomadland she cuts much more quickly than i think she does in eternals itself and the eternal and eternals has some pacing issues which which we we'll, which we'll discuss uh also but 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 yeah i think the major impression for me is she's a very empathetic filmmaker who who i think is best when she leans into observing rather than like overtly critiquing overtly like making a point like i think she operates best like you said like you, the crit- criticism of capitalism is very implicit you, you you don't need to see like a bad working conditional factory to like say that oh it's a critique of capitalism it's a critique of capitalism in a way that they are showing like an alternative way of life that people choose to live to get away from a system that's already established that's that's the critique i think uh so i think like all I mean, that stuff what is the yeah. way to put it out while you know reflecting it through life itself of these are uh, downtrodden yep. people you know, these nomads yep. and that's where observational filmmaking succeeds and more than observational filmmaking i mean obviously there is that but she's also yep. great at montages right these yep. very subdued and you know laid back montages that will hmm. leave you with a feeling of melancholy in a weird yep. way the entire forest wala montage in nomadland right it's so beautifully shot it gets you in the feels but the reason well, like before we get into all the deep shit about what we thought on eternals and all like mm. what i think is apart from being an observational filmmaker she's also very like she's good at making films when it's about one character you know like she she reflects the entire world around that one yeah. character not the other way around. yeah right yeah, yeah. Because yeah, in this in Nomad Land, the other nomads are basically like conduits for like they like mm-hmm. not they are conduits, but f- for me at least, Fern is a conduit to explore these other lives, and then Fern becomes the center of attention, which is my problem with the film. Anyways, this is not a Nomad Land review, so we will we will move on from that. But the overall feel, feeling is, I think we are both we both like her work. Maybe we are not like whatever the grandest fans, but we we appreciate whatever she is. going for and uh, but i i honestly when when i saw her, uh, when i saw nomadland recently and i i was like eternals directed by chloe zhao like what a strange choice like strange as in like i'm strange in the sense that i'm actually interested because she's directing it like what will she make of it because i don't see how that fit works uh so we can directly transition to eternals and see if that fit actually works for either of us So Aryan, I'll I'll give it to you first. Like, what did you think of the film in general? So this is what I wrote for the Eternals. Uh, yeah. Or is it just Eternals? Eternals, just Eternals. Yeah, Eternals. The latest hmm. MCU film is a proof that just because your film is inclusive and pushes artistic boundaries through an indie filmmaker's vision, doesn't hmm. mean it's destined destined to soar high in its execution. This yeah. story has so much potential, but it all gets bogged down due to its misplaced priorities and bad use of exposition. 
it's quite wickedly packaged inside the same generic marvel formula we've all been to use we've all been used to quite yeah. honestly at this point it's exhausting yeah yeah i, I mean pretty much sums up what i thought also to be honest like just exhausting is probably the the word i would also use to describe it it's just by like the halfway mark i was like just stick to one story or tone and just go that i am really tired of jumping between places and characters and story arcs and action scenes that just come and go like you should register them briefly and they just like vanish out of oh, your memory absolutely like you you just watch them and like it's like what's that thing where you like stuff happens and then the film ends like that's the overwhelming feeling which is quite sad considering i think she does want to do interesting stuff in this i think there are touches of like real empathy almost i think this is one of the few films in which the whole diversity thing is handled much more deftly than it than it is in like other films uh like there's a like the plot itself kind of needs that unity to happen there's a thing called a unity something right which i've already forgotten about there's like yeah whatever so that there's uh so it like kind of facilitates the cast being completely diverse and like her sort of and i think again i've i've not been the kindest to dune recent recently and i think while watching this i was like maybe i've been harsh to dune uh just because uh the sense of what 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 dune has really been praised about is like the sense of scale the awe the kind of majesty of watching these things on the big screen and then while while watching it once i was just like the moments that stuck as like beautiful to me were there is this moment in like towards the early part of the film where they're exploring a different community or like they show two sort of one asian and one white character getting married in indian traditional fashion you know that those sort of touches were like ah oh, it's kind of a nice touch and i was like okay like that that brief moment of like exploring a culture or like exploring whatever new territory unknown i was like okay that works but apart from that just like on a basic sort of character work level uh even performance level to some extent uh to some extent uh and action action we'll we'll discuss the action later because i have like special problems with that also but 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 yeah like just overall it felt so forgettable which i think is the bigger problem than like being bad nowadays i think like bad is at least memorable right so <laughs> the thing is that i wouldn't have been so hard on this film if this would have been some other story right yeah. but this we i know shit i don't know shit about these yeah. actual characters okay i have not read the comics and i am yeah. very open i am very open to all those like actual fanboys and you know i really yeah. want to listen to how these characters actually are in the comics and all but even while after just watching this movie i know that it's better than this you know yeah like these characters this world that they are building is yep. good more and i understand why they would hire chloe zhao for you know something like this for a story mm. like this but to be very honest i know i don't know shit about how these studios and how they work but mm. 
if given my opinion like stop hiring indie filmmakers if you are not going to give them complete freedom over mm. your project and i understand why you wouldn't want to give yeah. them complete i don't i'm not saying that they didn't give her complete freedom or anything but it yeah. just comes across as a movie focused too much on the things that don't really matter and that's why nothing lands because mm. at parts it feels like a chloe zhao movie in parts it feels like a marvel film where yeah. we see post jokes coming like the entire purpose like this is how it's been marketed right it's like mm-hmm. a drama it's like emotional story of sorts and you know characters yeah. coming off stage and world building and all yeah. then the only problem that i have is if you're actually so much concerned about you know actually building these characters and emotional arcs then why are you ruining those emotional moments with stupid mm. punch and to be very honest i have not been the type of person who you know bashes on to marvel films just because of their jokes and uh, their yeah. banter and all i love that okay i have cheered yeah. for it while having while chugging in popcorn and all but mm. especially that one scene okay that one scene which was i was in the third act of the film that was the only scene mm. i'm not exaggerating that was the only scene where i was actually caring enough to actually open my eyes wide enough to notice and feel those emotions coming in where yeah. the character of sprite does something like mild ah. spoilers but yeah. character of sprite makes a speech about why she made certain character choices and what hmm. she was where she's coming from and yeah. this uh, barry the character that barry the barry keegan druig yeah he comes yeah. and just oh like, yeah the yeah, rock kills that moment yeah, yeah. that thing that happened yeah it it's like don't do that like i wouldn't have had a problem with something like that if it were an ant man film if it were yep. thor pai or whatever okay yeah. guardians film i don't care go with this yeah. go with your job because yeah. that entire yeah. tone that the film has set up through the director and through the writing it is completely yeah. different but mm. you can't be like you can't just sit with a checklist and be like inclusivity done uh mm. representation done emotional story arc setting up emotional story arcs done world building done but no let's yeah. also tick all those boxes that we have been ticking at ticking on since the past 10 12 years like yeah. no yeah. it's not going to work man it's not going to work yeah no i mean i'm totally with you and i think i'll i'll go over my sort of final not final thoughts initial thoughts and then we'll go into more spoilery discussions about this i mean there are spoilers i, mean, I guess to be very honest even though there's a lot of things to talk about our initial thoughts and final thoughts would basically would be pretty much similar yeah that's true but 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 initial thoughts anyways for me is i'm very much with aryan only i think it's just i also started wondering how and this is i i wrote this like in caps how many movies and characters can one fit into a 150 minute long movie like literally how many can you and can any filmmaker ever juggle i mean i guess you can argue that uh, the russo brothers did something like that but they had like the luxury of having these characters set up from before right uh, in their individual films here you have introductions character arcs world building uh then philosophical questions big philosophical questions like how is anyone supposed to use like two and a half hours to do all that and you have 10 characters it's not like you have like three characters or something it's 10 eternals 
and they try to give each of them i mean it's admirable they try to give each of them something and like don't sideline anyone but then the not sidelining makes everyone sidelined in some like weird fashion right there is basically no personality to most of the characters and like whatever you are seeing is brought from particular actors if they can contribute to them or can't contribute to them so whatever like all that it's 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 almost like a lose lose situation so i kind of feel bad for jao itself or jao herself i'm like really like especially now that marvel is doing all these tv shows and deviated this is like perfect for mini series or like a extended tv show and then like a crossover movie like why fit all of it? and it's so counterintuitive to what marvel has been doing right their model has been building 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 big movie building 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 big movie DC was the one which started opposite. Where it was like big movie build up, big. So it was like, why is Marvel going that way with it? I was like just baffled by that decision to do it in general. And then just the same thing, like it's pulling in so many directions that it forgets to sort of find a center, and you kind of just get lost in this muddle of like a movie, and you're just like searching for something to grasp onto, like so that you can like. go th- like finish the movie like at a point i was like why are we like still here can we just quicken the pace of this like let me go, get me through some of the comedic i mean the comedic moments i will we'll get into cuz I, i i mean i have so many problems with the comedic moments here but anyways so we'll we'll go into spoilers now just for people who haven't seen it already but it seems like everyone will see it because This is the only film I've seen recently where the cinema hall has been fairly full. Apart from that, nothing. Old, I was the sole person watching the film, and uh, and there was free guy. Even only had one person, which I was glad about. But uh, anyways, we can <laughs> we can talk about. Uh, I mean, the if you if you are if you are missing the community shared experience, household experiences so much. Be my guest and please go all studio and see so. Oh yeah, that oh, is also that, there. Yeah. Uh, I've I'm been. Sure you won't be disappointed with these seats being empty in that. My cousin has invited me to watch it, so I might go and experience the Desi Fast and Furious in full flow. Uh, coming on Netflix right soon, so I'll watch. Is it okay? Then hundred yeah, percent, yeah. I'm not going. No ways. <laughs> uh, I also don't want to risk myself to get. even like even 2% of risk to get ill because of suryavanshi i don't think i can i can take that uh anyways so we'll go to uh spoilers and yeah where do you want to start aryan do you want to just dis- help describe the plot of this film like actually specific okay. plot i can't, I can't. <laughs> but let's just talk about the entire vibe of the film for a minute yep. uh, was it just me Or did this film remind you of the worst of the X Men films like Apocalypse and Apocalypse was still like good okay it was way yeah. better than this film. yeah it did remind in parts about those most boring X Men moments <laughs> there's one storyline in particular that reminded me of X Men so much and it reminded me of that particular film which was absolutely bad which was Dark Phoenix. Dark- Okay, exactly. Angelina Jolie's subplot in this film is literally Dark Phoenix, and I was like, "What?" And she feels, and her story feels so out of field in this whole film. Like she is on a completely different tangent, and I was like, okay. "I was like, what is this? Like, what is going on here? Like, I thought we are talking more about like the whole Eternals and what does it mean to be like this 
what does it mean to be human in like a very i say this in like a pompous blade runner voice uh like it's so blade runnery in that sense and uh, but anyways like my so i'm going to try and explain the plot because i was trying to like deconstruct it on paper we get the we, we get told the plot five six times yeah like in the whole movie we are told this five six times via exposition but i was still confused anyways we are so it's basically like we are we are the middleman between humans or we as in the protagonist or the middleman between humans and these bigger beings called celestials right these celestials are basically god like creatures who create good and evil according to their convenience and like they just so the good they send is eternals and the evil they send is the deviants the idea is basically that these gods basically send all these people the kind of worthless people they serve their function they they like 2000 way 2001 their way out of all this and like they create a new world where like the new world uh, reminds me is a big closure you know, inspiration uh directed by terence malick uh but uh, <laughs> uh anyways the idea is that uh, celestials are like uh, the big god people which you know this plot reminded me so much of prometheus for some reason ridley scott's prometheus where you know you've got this alien creatures who like these people don't know anything about but um they want to discover their lives and everything and they kind of discover that these gods want to kill the human race and like they don't really care about them spoilers for prometheus sorry uh but uh but like that's a horror film and this is a marvel film there's a very big difference in that like a horror film about how gods want to kill humans is probably more effective than a film in which you have characters joking about their cameraman who films everything and like their hairstyles or like what is the drink they drink the beer the saliva laden drink and i was just like i'm not sure asking questions about big like life affirming and like whatever like we are just a small cog in a big machine that is the world like if you going to ask those questions and have like these juvenile jokes inserted somewhere it's like what movie are we making here like i i don't get it aryan please help me <laughs> <laughs> i wish there was someone to help me out there in the theater dude i at least you went to watch eternals with people okay you went to watch it with your friends yeah. i went watch it alone <laughs> okay how was that experience <laughs> on a on a saturday or just after diwali and new year okay i yep. went to watch it alone yeah in 2d because my friends were like 3d mein jana yep. to chalo and we are not watching it right now it's not that important and i'm like i wish i had listened to them <laughs> but i mean uh, i i went i went with people who enjoyed it so i was the odd one out again like i am the literally you know There's still that you know, thoda sa community shared experience, huh. like yeah. a bit of you're having your friends. Dude, I was this. I don't know if I am. <laughs> I don't know if this is the thing that's happening to me because I've been so much away from the theaters for, yeah. for more than a year. But this is the second time this year in the past yeah. few months that I've I've not slept. Okay, but I've <laughs> felt 
so sleepy watching a movie what's the first film i'm intrigued what's the first i probably get a lot of hate for this but no time to die <laughs> oh that's okay i mean I'm, i mean i i don't i didn't sleep in it but i was kind of like i oh, i no, don't i didn't i didn't sleep i never sleep in films but it was no like, time to die is you're not alone like i i'm not the biggest fan of it uh, i mean sanjeet and uh, amartya really liked yeah, it and, and they I they were like that. gushing about it and sanjeet seen it twice and i was like okay sure sanjeet like you can't see the film twice in the hall yaar like it's so long it's out of vod na it is yes uh, no but the weird thing is like all these blockbuster movies this year are so damn long like none of yeah. them is shorter than two and a half hours like last duel i didn't Do get to see But Do that's also two and a half. Like the longer the film, the better the film. Like that way. No, no, no. Because like studios are always, you know, following these big uh, films that do well, right? They're always mm-hmm. kind of following their footsteps. So maybe Endgame gave them like a somewhat a green light, saying he it's okay if the film is too long if it's you know good enough. But <laughs> yeah. But Shang Chi was how long? I mean, I guess individual films are like. Yeah, in like normal like, limits, right? Hmm. Or oh, I mean, we yeah, say yeah. long for like two and a half hours, cons- but like Hindi films are like padded, like anything. I think, like, us me to two and a yeah shorter than Eternals. I know. No, yeah. but I do think like in Hindi films, it's just like sometimes editor ki zaroor thodi na hai. Like, bas dal dete hain sab kuch. Like, like compiler mein dal dete hain aur sab nikal ke aa jayega. Uh, so I like the opposite for Eternals. To be very honest, I thought. now upon you know revisiting replaying it in my own head which yep. my my brain is like it needs an apology for that but yeah so the more i think of the film playing it in my head the more i realize that eternals felt like i was watching skipping through a lot of parts of an overall eternals mini series yeah yeah like it was yeah yeah forwarding through like brainstorming through the eternals tv show that's what it yep. felt the movie and you know the the problem is that see <laughs> again not to get too political okay yeah. but if your entire aim if you are only reducing your movie to being mm. inclusive right if you are building an entire campaign around your film that yes yeah. i don't want to use this term but it's a, like a woke culture and you know being inclusive mm. yeah equal representation and all like totally go for it like cinema has always pushed those boundaries okay yeah. especially art house cinema that's what it thrives for yeah but at what cost right yeah, yeah. those things can be mutually exclusive and now yeah. it again to get back to the politics of it all you are building this entire campaign you are spreading spreading the word on social media and you know creating this aura that your film you are fine you have finally made this openly inclusive film with mm. uh, with lgbtq members with lgbtq yeah. characters and all that i was Black surprised that uh, there was no censorship yeah that's what i was getting to and yeah. then uh, upon its after its opening weekend you get this, yep. you get the backlash from some middle eastern countries without naming those countries yep. you get a certain backlash from some countries of the world and then you decide ki no no first you give out a statement like no will uh, not have any cuts it will be as it is and then mm. all that and then two days later okay literally in 48 to 50 hours 
you apologize and then you go back on that thing and you are like he no will censor it never mind like that that's the problem that i have with this entire mainstream cinema mm. and everything leaning towards this woke culture okay yep. like people don't realize people belonging to a certain political ideology or people who are you know generally well hearted good people who are inclusive who, are, who thrive for pushing you know equal representation everywhere they don't realize that these studios at the end only care about the fucking money okay of course yeah, like, yeah. they are they are only maybe maybe okay hmm. i would glad to be on the wrong side over here hmm. but maybe most of these big studios are clearly buying into this bullshit because they know that they would be rewarded because they hmm. know that their films would trend on twitter a lot more they they know because a lot of more people will go, would go in yeah when see that tag that oh academy award winner chloe zhao an independent filmmaker i mean i i think more than the i mean i don't know how how relevant academy awards are nowadays but like more than that i think it's it's like like kumal kumail nanjiani yeah, if i'm pronouncing yeah. his name right uh he's an indian actor right like yeah. he's not an indian actor he's an american indian actor but he has like Amer- indian heritage and everything whatever that pulls in automatically a whole sect of indian audiences which probably wouldn't have been there if if i mean it's marvel so they would have been there but like this is another sort of motivation to go watch it uh so like those markers to me like they can be very like i can and you can and all of us can be super cynical about it and see see them as like really like uh thing things that are like put just to like get people in and get the money in i just think i mean maybe i was so disengaged with the entire other movie that i was like at least you're doing this like my my mind went, went that okay fine like i mean you're not doing so for the first time maybe in a long time i was just like maybe the drama was so enge- unengaging i was like okay at least you have representation like that it's not a good thing i don't think like my mindset there is compensating for the lack of attention i have and i don't think and i think representation for the sake of it will never create a big change in any case uh, i think exactly. it's just very tokenistic it never sort of has a lasting impact right uh so and so in that especially when after 48 hours you go back and turn exactly over, right yep that yep. you are creating the pool out of yourself yeah and yeah definitely now even if now people don't realize that they are probably just buying into all this ideological bullshit because they want to grab an extra money and appeal and you know get i think see again i would glad to be wrong over here but marvel is owned by disney right <laughs> yes it's like everything in the world no yeah, yeah. exactly so yeah. they have to it's like they are getting a bit restless at this point from what mm. it seems mm. they are getting a bit restless to get off that you know dogma or whatever you want to call it yeah. they want to get get rid of that notion mm. that they are the you know sitting at the top of the hierarchy of the capitalist market and that they yeah. only do listen to a few people on the top and they only appeal to the yeah. you know, some people and yeah so it's clear yeah. at this point that they are just you know trying to and to be very honest this is where i feel a bit conflicted about eternals because in hmm. the long term okay yeah. in the long term i see because 
eventually i am kind of an optimistic person when it comes to cinema at least hmm. when it comes to movies i am optimistic right yeah. so in the long term i i can't stop thinking about this one aspect related to eternals hmm. is the only aspect to be very honest so i can't stop thinking about this that maybe i hope that in the future i look back at eternals yeah. after watching a lot of future marvels and yeah. i look back at this movie thinking oh this was the point where they at least tried to merge and mm. bridge in those boundaries of you know yep. a mainstream blockbusters and some of those art house ambition yep. and inclusivity and uh, emotion like drama and yeah so you, you you're thinking so, that you'll revisit this movie in some time <laughs> oh god that's going to be that's the other thing right i'm yeah. saying- i am saying i am saying that maybe this is a start and if they are yeah. willing to go down this path by gradually merging because if you look at the entire history of cinema right yeah. mainstream cinema is a product of what art house cinema in that particular region was or in that yeah yeah of course they always like a codependent system yeah. right and like they always yeah, yeah. 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 Because art house cinema and these indie filmmakers always they are the only ones, not the mm. only ones, but they are the the ones who always keep pushing the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Of, of course, movies. yeah. So yeah. maybe they have acknowledged that in the long term, in order to thrive in this market, we have mm. to bridge these two things and yeah. pushing our artistic boundaries. So yeah. I'm still optimistic, and I that's the reason why I I would still suggest for people to watch this one, even I mean, if I don't. Yeah. people will watch i think people will watch it regardless i think it's but there's the other complaint right and we go back to dune here again a little bit i had complained again in that that there was a sense of video gameiness to some of the cut like it felt like cut scenes from a video game which is not a diss against like it is a diss against video games but it's that sense that the drama feels a little like whatever we'll just do exposition walking and talking about what is happening in the plot kind of like that and i was like i was harsh on dune because in this there's so much of that there is so much of that like i was uh, even some of the action sequences i was like what is this like from some i i probably need to like get a joystick and like control one of these people to like run away or somewhere but there is this this is very interesting right because i think her and we going to the action scenes because i think we both have like thoughts on it the action scenes are like totally opposite to someone and i can't believe i'm referencing this director because i hate him uh the action scenes are totally opposite to someone like michael bay would stage uh the action scenes so michael bay is like consistent sort of cutting 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 bombast bombast music things explored everything goes to hell like whatever the behem the behem stuff right whatever his his style is chloe jao is like like on the opposite end her camera literally just stays or like slightly goes behind slightly goes in front uh, or like pulls whatever dollies and dollies out and it cuts very like i think the cutting is off more than more than the camera the cutting is off like it just feels so inert like there is no momentum to like whatever things are getting flung and like whatever things are getting hit like there's a, there's only like one once or twice i was like oh this is like a very interesting the what's the main character's name is uh one second i will search cersei uh played by jema chan right jema chan her her powers are really ni- like interesting there's one moment which i was like oh wow what a what a nice sort of 
twist on like when a deviant turns into like a tree and i was like oh wow what a like inversion of like evil going like natural and because chloe jo really cares about nature and all that elements of it right so and i was like wow like that's a very cool power to have and like a very cool way to show it and how it sort of transforms into different ways but there's barely any of it the other do other people in the thing are just like they they create orbs and throw it like golden orbs and they throw it at people right that's the main thing and then one of them is mystique kind of uh who's the what's the i mean i'm so lost on the names sprite is mystique right kind of like that yeah. does she does she shape shift or like something like that i don't know all i realized <laughs> all i cared about sprite in the movie was in the last act of why why do i want to be human told <laughs> why do i want to be human or like just the stone no, moment no no that also so the only take away that i have from that character sprite is that in the last act of the film sprite goes cold <laughs> <laughs> i had to do this i'm sorry it's good it's very good both on both like literally and uh, in all aspects right she actually goes cold emotionally and there's this entire plan i am i'm very disappointed that i never thought of this that was uh... i was <laughs> I I noticed this. I I was legit laughing. Okay, I was sitting in that seat alone, like a fucking yeah. loser, watching MTV. <laughs> yeah, at eleven in the morning alone in that scene and laughing at this stupid joke that I created. No, but that's true, right? I mean, that, it's that's how that's how disconnected I was. But that, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's um. like i think it's important to like acknowledge whatever instinctive thoughts you're having in that moment like if you're not getting uh, engaged then you kind of have to try to make yourself engaged in some stuff i was just thinking about like these celestials i wish they had like destroyed this earth i am in so that i could like leave this film early you know i was just like and then i was like i kind of feel rude while saying that but then i'm also just like this is so like Turgid. like it just doesn't move like i'm just like just and it in it kind of reminded me like with the whole calmness right and i i've read a couple of reviews which have praised the action scenes as being like uh, elegant which is fair enough i think they are elegant i just think elegance and some of the action just really feel like a bad mesh uh but uh, but the whole elegance angle of it uh doesn't extend to the drama like i mean they they try to do it but it kind of falls over into cheesy i know you cared for the bollywood dance more than i did because i was just like this is my I, it was one of my head hand and head moments <laughs> the thing is that that moment was you know i was laughing with it you know rather than at it at it yeah because i know that the movie was a genuinely being self aware of that that was the one of the few sequences in the entire film the yep. introduction to kumail nanjiani's character or what's his name i don't know yeah <laughs> uh, kumail nanjiani's character is kingo yeah. who kingo 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 okay so yeah so yeah and that and then the entire harish patel by the way like please like more people at least into address that harish patel was he was genuinely good you know in the film he was like, good he was yeah. good with what he was given right? oh yeah yeah he was good he was good yeah, yeah. he was uh, the actual i think he was the comic relief that kind of worked for me i i just 
I don't think I'm a Kumail Nanjiani fan in general. I've never found him that funny. But I've kind of realized that I've I've kind of realized that uh, my comedic tastes are like gone to the dumps. Like I only like a very select bunch of people who do comedy, and then rest I'm just like I I just stop laughing and I'm just like okay, do your thing. No, but it's also but you you said mentioned this before, right? It's so uh, misplaced the comedy in this. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like mm-hmm. such a we'll have to put this comedy because you know you need to be engaged in like the drama, so we'll do Especially the punchlines. Not- not just the comedy like that scene that entire lunch scene whatever when they all when they're all yep. together in that mansion or whatever that yeah don't even know what that place was okay so when they're just randomly sitting and out of nowhere one of this character goes oh i know thor oh avengers oh, oh avengers. yeah that was there yeah it's so evident it's so yeah. cool it's... that they're clearly referring yeah. to them to make sure that the audience oc familiarity oc we are still there's a star wars it. comic also somewhere right there's there's yeah, like a yeah, brief instance like, and i was like stop it they like were more psh- concerned with the tone of the film than yeah. showing an easter yeah the tonal though i mean it's just like a mess tonally and it's just like going and it's going it, from hiroshima to what oh yeah that was so disingenuous i was like what is this i mean in the in the beginning i was like oh wow they went to hiroshima for like something and then two scenes later they're like joking around and i was like what is this like like okay. you can't just reference something that monumental exactly. and just exactly i'm like this is like very uh, strange <laughs> and like uh, christopher nolan is sitting there going like i'll make your sins right <laughs> i'll make sure what i'll, I'll just... rearrange the events of events of time now <laughs> yeah. yeah and the thing is that do you want to know something that to piss you off even more to annoy yes go for, go for it in in reference to that hiroshima wala scene yeah just pastos right yeah the african american guy yeah yep. so some people on the internet and i came across this through another i was listening to someone talk about this film okay i was i yep. probably a podcast or something or i saw a tweet i don't know yep. so some people apparently also seem to have a problem in this incredibly inclusive film yep. some people have pointed out that it's so stupid it's so offensive that you are showing a black man african american responsible for oh yeah yeah i never even thought i just clocked out you know, maybe at that so, moment that is like oh my god i'm like <laughs> you have this entire film okay that is <laughs> that would only be known for its inclusivity yeah. 20 years not even 20 that is i'm being i am sure there is there will be there will be a bigger better film i, I think ah, it definitely. Yeah. i hope yeah <laughs> No, but this much inclusivity. I mean, who knows? Like, if will if there? I mean, this pretty much embraces almost everything, right? In in that sense, so I mean, it probably still has barriers, but like, but it does embrace a lot of it, uh, which I like for I the mean, first first time. I was like, okay, it's fine. It was just probably because I was sh- kind of pleasantly surprised by stuff stuff that was not censored. I was like, oh wow, like they had they kept that in and like. but then again it's it's like a if you're disengaged with a narrative you just have to engage with something kind of a thing there's nothing yeah. i will take away from it like this reminds me a little bit of shubhmangal jyada sawdhan uh, a film which i really don't like also but which will only be remembered for the uh, gay kiss scene which 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 was there in the film that's it there's nothing else i think except for shouting and shrieking in that film 
uh yeah but it, it's uh it's disappointing though i think jao i was quite interested in seeing how jao approaches this uh a big budget film and i mean not everyone can sort of make that leap into uh mainstream cinema i think it's it's not easy uh to bring your sensibilities to like and if you bring your sensibility sometimes you get so much hate mail that you q uh ryan johnson for last jedi uh, star wars yeah. like if you yeah. try to do something like that then people like literally want to throw eggs at you so like or like whatever throw actual whatever I stuff like at we are living in so complex times right now so polarizing times that even the studios don't know how the audience would react to a certain piece of yeah. media right so they are it's it's actually very sad you know because that's not how cinema is going to evolve or yeah yeah it's i mean someone defined free guy as the reddit film of the year or whatever like the reddit based film i was like yeah makes sense no but this brings me uh and now we are done with eternals i mean our final initial thoughts were our final thoughts itself i just want to like end probably more on like a thing i was talking about like i went with my cousins and and they are like younger to me right they are like uh, they just they just reached college so they are like kind of target audience for this now i think like proper target audience for uh, for marvel stuff i think and uh, they had seen suryavanshi also and and i was like why should i watch suryavanshi because i know that there's no threat that any of the people in that film are going to die I know that all three of or three or four, including Katrina Kaif, are like superhero, super women, and they are just not going to have any sort of peril or whatever. Like they're just going to be like blasting everyone through. And and I was like, whatever. Like why should I watch it? And they were like, there is a comfort in it, a comfort of like watching things that you already know, uh, and like there is like that slight danger that. Uh, things might not work out but you know that it's going to and that's like a comfort level or like a comfort feeling uh that 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 they like and i was like strangely enough that kind of defines a lot of the cinema that uh yeah. sometimes mainstream cinema targets you know comfortable cinema uh which is fine i think but but there is comfortable cinema that can still push at boundaries and i would point out to yeah. knives out always which i think is like a shining example of it mm-hmm. uh parasite i think is a little it goes to a place where it ends on a hopeless note but uh knives out i think is like a is a proper thing with like a social commentary thing fairly uh on top of like its mystery but when it deconstructs something it really goes for it i think but i'm i'm really i'm checked out of this safe compromise cinema a little bit honestly it just doesn't interest me the thing the thing is that every movie is you know you can't judge every movie you can't always keep comparing one film with yeah yeah of course right? every yeah. film is a product of its own story and what world it is itself setting in you know yeah. like what kind of world that film is setting and what kind of world is the director intending to you know take you on a journey with and yeah. it's all about prior- prioritizing those aspects and setting a properly you know i don't know what word to use a coherent tone of the film mm-hmm. yeah yeah right? got so it even if mm-hmm. a film is not every film needs to be you know genre subverting or plot of course yeah yeah. yeah yeah not every film needs to surprise me every yeah. in its 
portrayed in loki I like watch loki the ideas of free will yeah does free will exist is mm. free will free will even there you know out there yeah like these ideas are what loki does a fair amount of you know a good job at posing those questions mm-hmm. while picking while being adherent to the characters and to the story yeah to most extent right got it but, but it's also a tv show though right like again it's the format different you have like so much time exactly. to explore that here it's just like one more That's thing to like yeah one more thing to a litany of other things and like all get kind of lost yeah. you know you know you know muddled exactly. which is sad i i would think but uh, it is it, it is yeah but i i've also read that this compares to some tc films which uh, i mean i find i i've again checked out of tc for a while now so but also another another thing that i really liked about this film is that it mm. not just in terms of its tone and tone poem feel of it mm. all but even in terms of how it just very surface level looks like okay this mm-hmm. looks like a different different film view. yeah like that's very yeah and that's i would like to compare this with like rest of the 26 27 marvel mcu films yep I, I mean like uh, Harry Potter one and two. <laughs> no, like, but I remember similar. Thor Ragnarok has a very distinctive style, from what I remember. Like it's got a very pop sort of, uh, uh, yeah. very funky style to it, which I didn't see in any Marvel. That, but that's the only one yeah, I remember. Good. The other ones, I'm just like functional sort of, you know, that that's become their template. Yeah, hmm. but this I is the only thing God, I remember. The first Thor movie, let's not go there. Oh, good <laughs> lord. Oh yeah, that uh, Dutch angle or what's it called? Dutch angle, right? Oh, I I loved that film as a child, and I revisited recently, and I was just like, "This is abysmal." I mean, I've I've seen another Kenneth Branagh directed film, and I really didn't like that. Also, Murder on the Orient Express, the new one. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I did not like it. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I think I'm just like checking out of Branagh stuff, but but the Dutch angles in that Thor movie are just like. What is it like? High on Danny Boyle stuff or what? Like Danny Boyle does less Dutch angles than that. Uh, but uh, but I was just uh, the Dutch angles really like took me out this time from it. I'm quite happy where the Thor films are going. Like I like Taika Waititi style a lot. So I also so read I that. This is a thing with these uh, proper, you know, art house indie filmmakers. Like I remember back in the day when uh, Alfonso Cuarón brought this entire 
different mm. visual style of his art to the third Harry Potter film, right? Which was yep. Prison of a Prison of a Skeleton. Yeah. yeah so that's how i would like matlab this film felt more like that you know in hmm. terms of how it yeah, looked, yeah. brought yeah. a different visual style to this already established universe and already yep. already established franchise yeah yeah no agreed i mean I, but i think that's what's the joy of watching something familiar being tackled by different filmmakers right uh exactly. and i've kind of uh, i'll i don't know when we'll never talk about this film so i'm just going to say that this is what this is what uh, mia hansen loves uh, bergman island does a lot and i think that's what something i really resonate with now that i've realized like just watching that film that looking at one thing uh, from different perspectives can be so different like like just that idea that one thing can be so different in one person's mind like the expectation is basically a matter of perspective kind of like that right uh, so yeah i'm older kind of a thing yeah Yeah, yeah so yeah. so exactly like all uh, i really resonate with that stuff anyways we have babbled on a lot about other stuff than eternals but i think it it was more in context with eternals i don't think we've like deviated massively here uh so this is it for this episode thank you so much for listening uh please subscribe to queen is dead i'm trying to do my best to do whatever sanjeev does here i'm struggling with it but okay uh you can follow us you're missing us out on, on one thing man you're missing out on one most important thing i'm going to plug you don't worry cinema going cinema going experience yeah well that's not happening considering i i am not going for surya vanshi <laughs> and neither are you so <laughs> that, that's not that's happening that's the only I'm, way that's the only way how you could do justice to uh, sanjeet's absence but fair enough okay sanjeet just for you please go to the cinema uh and watch eternals because you are overdue watching that and then everyone who is curious about why sanjeev didn't watch this film they can dm him at pixelboy on on instagram uh otherwise you can follow aryan on aryan talks at aryan talks film on instagram and uh, he has written some lovely stuff recently which i am yet to read because i want to watch little things first and then then read it and he's uh, obsessed right now with succession uh, so you'll probably see more posts uh, on that by him uh, and you can follow me if you want on at terminal cinema that's it and i think khatam right that's how we ended <laughs>